Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Man Up Podcast. I'm Steve Titch, stepping in hosting duties for Bill Cox, who remains uh, recuperating. Uh, he, we hope to have him back soon, maybe as early as next week, on a maybe on a phone hookup, because we're missing him. We're missing his brio he usually brings to the show. Uh, so I'm here filling in with the regular panel. I've got with me uh, Robert Koshu, our corporate trainer, Kyle Trahan, our deacon, and our prosecutor, Michael Cropper. We are here in Sugarland. Texas, right near Houston. We operate out of Sugarland Baptist Church. We are getting toward the end of our study of the first of the, of the first and second letters to the Corinthians. Uh, we are using uh, a volume from the Connect 360 series published by Baptist Way Press called the volume is called Correction and Counsel, which is essentially a good way of looking at the two Corinthians letters. We are up to chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians, and uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting twist here. If you've been following along, we've been, uh, we've been looking at the roller coaster relationship that Paul has had with the Corinthian church. Uh, he, uh, at some times, he loves them, and he expresses that, and other times he looks like he's about to bang his head against the wall with what's going on, and... Uh, we see that go even back and forth throughout the first letter. In the second letter, he's at the beginning, he's saying, I can't come back, I can't complete my trip th- back through Corinthians, back through Corinth the way I came, because I'm just so annoyed with you people that I might say something <laughs> wrong and really make things worse. And, and they took actually, that as a sign of weakness, didn't they? And, and yes, and yeah. then they still took it as a sign of weakness, and we get, uh, we, we, and, but he kind of mellows out toward chapters 8 and 9. He's happy to hear from Titus, who had went to the church, and Titus brought back nice reports. But we do have a tone shift here uh, at, after, after chapter 9. Chapter 9 almost even sounds like it's uh, wrapping up. He's talking of Thanksgiving and sowing generously. And then we hit chapter 10, that's the last, chapter 10, 11, 12, 13 are the last four chapters of the letter. And, and we'll talk about that a bit. Uh, so let's, uh, let, yeah, well, let, well, let's start with this. Um, there is this tone shift, Robert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, is it, uh, some scholars say it's even, it might even be a, a piece of another letter tacked on, though, though we don't know that for sure. Uh, they've gone. They've gone through that, and that's some of the theory. And some of this tone shift, you know, as, as we talk about the opening, is is Paul actually gets starts to get a little sarcastic here yeah. as, as he looks at it, you know. Yes. And it, it's it's a funny tone shift because he's gone back and forth between being mad at himself, being mad at them, and then having a loving attitude all at the same time. And now he's kind of getting into his sarcasm. But he brings it home again with the, with a great spiritual treatise that we're going to talk about. 
We also learn a little bit about disputes and how to handle them here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I, I think the, uh, the the letter goes from a very nice manner, and and Paul, one of the things you'll learn about this, folks, is. Paul tells them, listen, I've come to you in a very nice or freak, uh, pardon me, meek, <laughs> not freak, meek uh, and loving relationship because that's what we're supposed mm -hmm. to do as Christians. And you took that to mean I was a wimp. And we, we'll get this out of the, uh, uh, the scripture in just a few moments. Robert is going to read our first section of the scripture for us, I think, and then, and then uh, Kyle has a second section of the scripture, an interpretation of it. And uh, uh, Paul starts off saying, I'm the meek and wimpy person that you've been talking about, and then he gets into the uh, and, and then gets into the, the meat of the letter, which I don't want to go into because we want you to hear yeah. that. Oh yeah, yes, and and here it, Robert's going to read it perhaps in the the tone that Paul, oh, <laughs> if Paul were reading it, what you Robert. might hear, and yes, and then we're going to we're going to hear first the translation. I take it out of NIV. It is it is NIV. I and then and then we're to going sure. to hear. Uh, the the translation that Eugene Peterson did for the message and and we'll see we don't usually study the Bible like this but we're going to get a little bit into Paul's personality here and so and Let's and, and Robert's going to channel it. Yeah, what are yeah. the scriptures uh, we're looking at? We're, 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 follow us. we're looking at Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten. The, the whole chapter, yeah, right? It, it, it uh, is the whole chapter, chapter, chapter. Okay, verses, uh, yeah, yeah, verses chapter. 1 and, through 18. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to, before I read this, let me kind of encourage everyone. Um, I am a huge fan. I use the Bible Gateway app. Kyle used the Bible, I think it is. Bible app. Bible app. And one of the beauties of these, so back in the day when I was doing a little bit more, um, if I wanted to have a copy of the NIV and the New King James and the message, I had to have literal books seen on my shelf. Sure, um, sure. Part of the beauty I love with the Bible app and the Bible Gateway app that I use is I can literally get on a scripture, hit it, and then change my translation yeah. to look at it. I would encourage you, as you study scripture and get more into it, I would encourage people, maybe read it one time in the NIV, then go read it again, and maybe I like the modern English version as well. Um, I love the message for certain things, and I would just encourage you, or the voice is another one that I've used quite a bit, I would just encourage our listeners to, as you're looking at Scripture, go look at different translations, because sometimes you're going to get something funny, and I'm, I'm going to kind of muffle myself when Kyle plays the message, because I flipped over to it, read it, and as Kyle noticed, I burst it out laughing, because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it just really brings a different forefront, a different perspective, because you have to remember the Bible was written in Koine Greek, so it's not just Greek like Greek we speak there's, that's spoken in Greece today. Koine Greek was a little bit different version of Greek, and some translations got translated first from Greek to Latin, then to English. So you get different nuances as you're looking at syntax and other pieces. So I would really encourage people to go read different translations. Um, Anybody, I know you guys, back when we were doing the devotional emails from our church, if you read mine, I was apt to have five different translations for five different days because I would read the translation and go, uh, what's that one say? Oh, hey, that's good. And I would go use it. And so I would really encourage people with that. So that being said, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold when away. 
I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we'll be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. You are looking only on the surface of things. If anyone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as he. For even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up rather than pulling you down, I will not be ashamed of it. I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters, for some say his letters are weighty and forceful. But in person he is unimpressive, and his speaking amounts to nothing. Such people should realize that when we are in our letters, when we are absent, we will be in our actions when we are present. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the field God has assigned to us, a field that reaches us even to you. We are not going too far in our boasting, as we would be the case if we had not come to you. (coughs) For we did not get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither did we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our area of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about the work already done in another man's territory, but let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. And so that was the end of it. So Kyle's got... Kyle, you want to go ahead and... You know, so I... Especially with all of Corinthians, I, I just have trouble hearing it in that translation. You know, and, and picking out what he's trying to say, there, there's interesting stuff. There really is, but I, I just have such a problem with it. And in their terminology and everything else, I, they keep saying, you know, that he's forceful and all this in his letters. As you're reading it, I'm thinking to myself, God, it's the same problem we have today with text and, and email. Because you're not speaking to them, they're not getting your inflections, they're not getting the way you may have intended it, they're only getting the perception of however they read it. And And who read it? You just like Robert read that for us, that's correct. Well, and in the frame of mind they're in, or the way they want to do it. So, you know, he can... Robert could have given all kind of really forceful words in there to impact different things where somebody reading it that just received that letter could have done the same thing and really made him out to be a bad guy where he was maybe trying to say something totally different. Yeah. So anyway, my, uh, mine, I, I use the, uh, the Bible app, as uh, Robert said there. And uh, I use... Uh, well, there it is. Uh, use the message for a lot of this, and on the Bible app, you can just hit play, and it will... Tearing Down you. Barriers. Chapter 10. And now, a personal but most urgent matter. I write in the gentle but firm spirit of Christ. 
hear that I'm being painted as cringing and wishy-washy when I'm with you, but harsh and demanding when at a safe distance writing letters. Please, don't force me to take a hard line when I'm present with you. Don't think that I'll hesitate a single minute to stand up to those who say I'm an unprincipled opportunist. Then they'll have to eat their words. The world is unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. But they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. You stare and stare at the obvious, but you can't see the forest for the trees. If you're looking for a clear example of someone on Christ's side, Why do you so quickly cut me out? Believe me, I'm quite sure of my standing with Christ. You may think I overstate the authority he gave me, but I'm not backing off. Every bit of my commitment is for the purpose of building you up, after all, not tearing you down. And what's this talk about me bullying you with my letters? His letters are brawny and potent, but in person he's a weakling and mumbles when he talks. Such talk won't survive scrutiny. What we write went away... We do when present. We're the exact same people, absent or present, in letter or in person. We're not, understand, putting ourselves in a league with those who boast that there are superiors. We wouldn't dare do that. But in all this comparing and grading and competing, they quite miss the point. We aren't making outrageous claims here. We're sticking to the limits of what God has set for us. But there can be no question that those limits reach to and include you. We're not moving into someone else's territory. We were already there with you, weren't we? We were the first ones to get there with the message of Christ, right? So how can there be any question of overstepping our bounds by writing or visiting you? We're not barging in on the rightful work of others, interfering with their ministries, demanding a place in the sun with them. What we're hoping for is that as your lives grow in faith, you'll play a part with our expanding work. And we'll all still be within the limits God sets as we proclaim the message in countries beyond Corinth. But we have no intention of moving in on what others have done and taking credit for it. If you want to claim credit, claim it for God. What you say about yourself means nothing in God's work. It's what God says about you that makes the difference. Whoa, thank you. That... <laughs> Boy, we can we can unpack this all day long. Such a different translation. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it says almost a whole entirely different thing. Well, it, it's it's it says it in more contemporary terms. Yes, yeah. uh, and yeah. actually, I think it cuts. It, it, it it's not. It's it's an, it's definitely a lot different from the original text. In fact, this yeah. this goes off more than than most of the message does. But it 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 is. Um, it's the same point, <laughs> different language, same point, um, and actually much more understandable because in this, you know, Paul's a little wordy. Um, he t- he takes the hard line right from the very beginning with the message, mm-hmm. right? The second yes. or third line. Yes. Whereas you have to read this when I first read this, mm-hmm. and I read uh, the author of our our lesson. It was as if he was a, and we talked about this prior to starting mm-hmm. the podcast. Uh, Paul is trying to still be diplomatic with them mm-hmm. and still, still still trying to convey to them 
listen, I'm trying to present to you the gospel in a reasonable way. And then he turns toward me, to me, he turns it around at the end and says, okay, but if you don't accept that, then I'm going to have to get tough, right? Or I'm going to have to get rough with you or forceful, whatever it is you want to say. Whereas this, the, uh, the tone of this message, he started almost immediately at the front and said, listen, I'm ready to get ready to present to you the gospel and with righteous indignation. Well, this, um, and in, in some ways it ties to what we talked about last week about dealing with criticism and responding to criticism and giving criticism. This, the, the chapter or the lesson is, is nominally about dealing with disputes. And so you could say, yeah, there's, it is, there are two sides of the same coin. Criticism is, is you know, confronting someone about something they're doing. A, a, a dispute is, I think, when two people have different sure. aims. Yeah. But in both cases, we see... Uh, Paul come directly at the problem, confronting it directly. And what I find in, 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 in the NIV side of this, it says, he begins by saying, in the meekness and gentleness of Christ. But obviously, from what we see here, his definition of being meek is a, whole, is, is a little different than what has come to me now. You know, I, I think about this whole thing with him, though. What did he do before his conversion? <laughs> you know, oh, so he, he obviously had to have had anger, you know, because to do what he did, mm -hmm. you have to have that in you. So, like most men, that's always an issue for a lot of us is curtailing that anger in a constructive mm -hmm. way or whatever, channeling it uh, into something good. So, I could see him saying, you know, hey, when I'm with you, I try to be a different person than I was, and that's how I come across in person because he is a totally different person than well, he was. They would have known him or of him before his conversion, you know. And so in his letters, he can be a little more forceful and use a little more words than he can in person, uh, at least the way I see it. See, and, and that's interesting you bring that up because. I am one of those guys who I go from zero to sixty oh, yeah. when I'm angry, and it, it to to the point that my wife will accuse me of being too passive occasionally because I know that if I you know she well, you need to do this and you need to do that yeah I can't baby because if I do it's gonna go badly <laughs> you know and not going back through Corinth yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> I am not and, going and, back through Corinth and, and I'm wondering if that's some of what's going on with Paul you know because Paul talks about a thorn in the flesh and there has been some speculation that was an illness there have been some speculation that he dealt with anger has he dealt with that and I kind of wonder if yeah I'd never really thought about that as you brought it up but I was thinking of my own experience that you know, I do. I do have that capability of being incredibly direct with people. And but I know that. Well, anger is so, not necessarily a sin. No, it's just how you deal with it. it how it's how you. It's, it's how you approach it and how you use it. Yeah, and, and very well you know, said. Mike, Mike pointed out the idea of righteous anger, or, or and and what is going on, and it's implied that uh, there were probably better speakers. Uh, in Corinth, I mean, there's, there's by by this time there is an, a, a tradition of rhetoric, of debate, of 
presentation. And while Paul obviously had to have some skills in this regard, he probably wasn't in the league of a Cicero or even even uh, academics or scholars or the the, the Greeks of the, the Corinthians of the time might have had people and to, to do this. And from what I understand, what I've read, it was kind of a it was a little analogous today. You you know you dressed well, you looked well, you spoke well. You you were there to create a good impression, and you know the Corinthians still something of a church that has one foot still in its culture is saying, hey Paul, you know you don't look like uh, you know Julius Maximus over there who's really you know can talk and make a case for. You know, going down and dining at the temple and participating in all of that, and uh, so what do we think here about the idea of con confrontation and righteous anger? Well, let's let, let I want to visit that just a little bit as you're talking about. So, yeah, I, I was sitting there as, as I was struck. I'm a student of history, and you're comparing Paul, and I wonder if you know Paul is Abraham Lincoln to Edward Everett in, at the dedication of the cemetery in Gettysburg. Edward mm -hmm. Everett was one of the top speakers of the day. He was hired. He spoke <laughs> for two and a half hours. You know, and the president was supposed to get up and deliver a few appropriate words. And he gets up and delivers one, probably one of the top five speeches ever delivered in the world. And I would give it as one of the top two in America, you know, um, four score and seven years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, and... Which was what? Atlanta lasted about... Five minutes? If that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, you know, and I just, as you did that, I wonder if that's not some of the comparisons. You know, that Paul may not have been, but what Paul said, and as he said in, in his letter, you know, I bring you Christ. You know, all these other guys are talking vain philosophies and all this mm -hmm. other stuff, but I bring you Christ. You know, and it's most definitely a much more powerful message. <laughs> Than he had, and it just well, struck he's me. He's going to have more conviction yeah. than the rest. I mean, uh, a road conversion, mm -hmm. you know, I bring you Christ means something a little more from him than just about anybody else. And he's going to have that conviction behind mm -hmm. him that I have seen Christ to him in the flesh, so mm -hmm. to speak. I mean, I'm sure to him, Jesus was as real on that road as any one of you in this room today. And so these other guys that may be talking their thing, showing uh, their philosophies and this and that and the other, are not going to have that conviction behind them that Paul does. We will return to this, this, to this discussion in just a moment. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. 
we come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. We're back. We're talking about uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul uh, defending his ministry, uh, confronting uh, the Corinthians who perhaps say he is wishy-washy when he's there talking to them in person and saves all his uh, bold talk for the letters. Uh, So... What can we get out of here? There's a whole section here when he talks about uh, he talks about confrontation. He makes a lot of military metaphors, uh, demolishing strongholds with his words, uh, taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. Kind of the idea of the Romans would take prisoners and then they would become those prisoners would become slaves, uh, making your thoughts and, and everything in your life a, a, a slave to Christ. Uh, but he also says, um, we do not wage war as the world does. That our weapons are not of the world. So let's talk a little bit about that and, and what do you think he means? What are, the, what are the weapons that a Christian uses that the world does not? Well, before we get into the weapons... Well, I, I, I want to go back wait, and... Wait, you go, want to go, go ahead. on the armor go ahead. of God. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You want to go for that? Go ahead. Well, yeah, I recall that the author has emphasized several times in our lessons that we've been looking through that one of the things the Corinthians were not impressed with Paul was his appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came to them mm-hmm. when he brought the gospel to them, and he, he came... Apparently, he was not dressed... In a, in a brand new suit, six hundred dollar suit, he actually did not ask them for money to preach the gospel, which was a going thing. And this came, this had come out several times in our, our our scriptures that we've read earlier. And that's simply, he came there and he said, "I came to present to you the gospel message of Christ, and I'm not asking for any of your money," which was a going thing. A lot of the preachers. And a lot of the speakers you went to hear at that time, whether they were in the church or not, Same you day. paid to hear them, right? And and Paul says, you're not paying to hear me, but don't look down on me because I'm not charging you any money and I'm not asking for an offering for you. And and this brings to mind, one. I had a friend that went through <coughs> seminary in a different faith or different uh, religion uh, about Christ, and he came out of seminary and he bought a Continental, a Lincoln Continental, because he says, Mike, he says, I can't get into some of the church doors unless I'm driving a nice car. So I, I, I couldn't believe it. He's, he's 22 years old. He came out of seminary because they, they yeah. could go there instead of college, undergrad, and then go to their, and get their seminary degree. So this lines up with what I, I feel like Paul was trying to tell them. Stop looking on the outside of me. Stop looking at my meekness the way I presented the gospel to you in love and meekness, kindness, gentleness, and uh, forbearance and long-suffering because we may have to get dirty with this. And uh, So anyway, that reminds me of this, what we're, we're speaking here, and that he starts off warning them, look, I've been nice, I've been gentle, and I, I haven't dressed appropriately, I haven't 
come in a nice chariot that's gold-plated. And, and, and wearing you, an ephod. I don't have all these yeah, gems on my chest. That's a very good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so that, that I, I, I think he's, he's presenting this to him. But instead, uh, so on the same token, Steve asked about the weapons of our warfare. And, and so those criticisms that they're giving are could be counted as the weapons of the world. And that's criticisms about the way he looks, the way he appears, uh, he, the fact he's not demanding money and he's not a good enough speaker to pre present the, uh, to ask for money. And also in his letters, his former letters, that, uh, and his former appearances where he was meek. And uh, now... And, and I, I wanted to reread the message verses three through six. When, okay. when Steve brought that up, that was like, I, oh, I want to reread this when we, talk, okay. when we get to this. And it's mainly because how the message phrases this. Because it's the things we've been talking about for 89 podcasts already. This is our 90th podcast. We've been talking about these things for 90 podcasts. And this is probably, this is probably one of the best summed up verses that I've ever read. And this is 10, 3 through 6, but it's from the message. The world is unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. But they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies. God tools for smash... Um, Tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. And see when, and that that's mm -hmm. dated so well. Yeah, I, well, when, it, when well you, you can when understand. You asked about you know what are the tools and, and stuff like that. Uh, the first thought of me is the armor of God. Yes. You know, Absolutely. so his tools is God tools, as he put it mm -hmm. in the message. Um, you know, you've got the, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. And to me, uh, the first time I read it, even not understanding it in this translation, that's what it told me was... That's what he was referring to. And but but I like this in Peterson. I mean that that uh, Paul Paul delivers that in terms that uh, anybody in in first century uh, Mediterranean would understand because the Roman soldiers are all walking around uh, the centurions, essentially the occupying force there. They'd they'd understand that immediately. Here we get marketing and manipulation. Well, we get spin, and, and Paul, Paul yeah. as translated, Paul, I'm not giving you spin. I'm not going to spin it, so it sounds all nice. But I'm going to give you the truth, and that truth is really much more powerful. I like the comparison of the world because we've talked multiple times over. Steve, you've been in corporate America. Mm -hmm. Mike, you're an attorney, so I'm just not going. I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> um, Kyle, you've been in the entrepreneur world. You know, and I've been in Fortune 500 companies too, and it is dog eat dog. I mean, yes, it, it is. is tear yourself up. You know, I'm going to climb on top of the guy in front of me, however it can be, and it the world doesn't fight fair. 
And that's, that's one of the chief things as Christians that we have to learn to accept. The world doesn't fight fair. But we're not fighting those battles. We are not of the world. Right. Those are the battles we're not called to fight. You know, and it, like you said, you know, the message we have isn't for marketing and manipulation. <laughs> and, and I love that. Because so much marketing is manipulation. Um, Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. We just, okay. You know, just, just had the Super Bowl. You know, the commercials. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a geek. So the Avengers commercial, you know, and I'm analyzing it, trying to figure out <laughs> what did they swap out. Uh-huh. You know, because they kind of do that. Because they're trying to manipulate people mm-hmm. into thinking it's going to happen this way. You know, and, and people are pointing out, well, when they're all walking, there's like this gap. So they probably digitally edited a character so they wouldn't think they were in that part of the movie. You know, and Marvel's notorious for that. But it's manipulation because they're trying to manipulate things. Or there was a, another commercial, the Bud Light Games of Thrones Oh, well they, well, they mashed up. There was a dual promotion. Yeah, yes. where they mashed up, where they're manipulating people. And, and that's really... Marketing does that. It manipulates well, you because it's trying to manipulate you to buy that job. product. Sure. But you get it you get it in media, you get it in political <coughs> campaigns. You bet you you get it that's the, it's almost the order of the day now. The, well, to win your heart and mind no matter, you know, use every trick in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, massage the facts. Uh, never mind the truth. If it sounds truthy, you get to the truthiness. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's, if it sounds truthy, it must be right. But there you are. And and uh, well, Paul Paul even says here. If you all look at verse seven again, uh, you're looking at only on the surface of things. If anyone's confident he belongs to Christ, mm-hmm. he should consider again what that we belong to Christ as well. He's telling them. You're using, like you said, the weapons of the world to even say you're better than me in Christ, right? <laughs> right, right, right. right. And, and, and he says before that, up in the other section already, he repeats it, we use our powerful God tools, yes. Kyle said, for smashing work philosophy, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, and fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. And before that, he said that our tools aren't for marketing manipulation, but they're actually for demolishing an entire massively corrupt culture. Yeah, and I think incredible. that is, that you know, St- Steve and I had some conversations about New York, and I am not going to turn this into a political discussion. Mm-hmm. And the and the anti-abortion bill, that, or the whatever third trimester that was yeah, just passed stupid thing. what what scared me more than the bill being passed and i am vehemently pro-life i'm an adopted i'm adopted so, so oh, that makes wow. me that I'm makes adopted. me even I'm more adopted. that makes me even more vehemently pro-life than normal people wow yeah, but okay, what scared me more than the bill itself being passed was this massive celebration surrounding it and even if you are pro-abortion and i'll use that instead of pro-choice uh-huh. Even if you are pro-abortion, poor choice, you're still killing a baby, and you just celebrated it. Yeah, it, it, you know it. How it, ridiculous! It, it, it is a corrupt culture. Um, there, there was a total lack of respect for yes. for life in that. It, 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 it is, it is, it, is, it was mind-boggling, and you know to light up the world, what, the One World Trade Center there, the the, the Freedom Tower, right. very 
well, I, I, I don't know. I, but we'll see what the fallout is from that. Yeah. Because some even, even some principled pro-choice people were appalled. Yeah, by that from what I read, they were they were had or at least had misgivings about right. the way it was done. But, but when you look at that, you look at the culture that exists regarding illegal drugs, the culture that exists regarding a cheapness of life right now, and go back to it. Well, we're fighting a desperate battle right it's now. It's human life yes. that is cheaped. Mm-hmm. There in, I think it's still in New York, uh, it is illegal to kill, or whatever, a turtle egg, or different bird's <laughs> eggs, is actual illegal with prison time for stepping on a turtle egg, and if I understand the law right, even if you didn't realize the stupid nest was under the sand, and you stepped on it, you could still be charged with a felony and be imprisoned. But yet, you can go in at the last minute and kill a human life that is moments from being born. But I want, I want to take this to apologize for that digression. But where do you win? But there we it's have the evil world. You see yeah. the you see the you see. Paul, Paul takes it here, and in the message translation, we're here, he, he declares war on the culture, spiritual yes. warfare yes. on the culture. Yes, he does. And, he you does. See, and some of this, and some of what you see in the media, I mean, the, the blowback is part of that. I mean, the, the, it is, it, it amazes me, you know, there's, there's in, the, in this country, there's, there's really no existential threat from Christianity from Christians, yet the hatred in some quarters and the and the disrespect, certainly the disrespect and the disregard, I think is is the pushback from the culture, because it doesn't really want to be convicted, uh, and and when push comes well, to that. shove, when push comes to shove, you know. Christians are going to live by the Bible. They're going to do their best to live by the Bible, but it's it presents some direct confrontation with the thinking of the culture, and we see, you know, and and that's what kind of Corinthians both letters are all about. Uh, and at, at a certain point, you've got to say, hey, you know, this is where we are as people of Christ. This uh, far and no further. Mm-hmm. This is very interesting because if you go back to what you're saying about the abortion and everything, and you go back and look at our country now, it's fallen. It's only led by a few people. The people fall in line behind them. You said oh, yeah. you made the comment, the culture, this is our culture right now. Folks, it didn't start out that way. It started out with a few people screaming their heads off, and, uh, and then a few people agreeing with them, then telling more and more people. And, and, and God knows, I don't think... Our country, when it was formed, intended for nine people to destroy every law that was created that was godly in our Senate and in our legislature, and they're called the Supreme Court. Um, the lawyer said that. I just want to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just brought that not, out there. <laughs> not, every, not every one of them, but that I don't think uh, our founding fathers intended for nine individuals to be able to. It was envisioned that way. Uh, no, not at all. They they pictured, I believe, all the 
the justice on the Supreme Court to probably be Christian or have Christian mm. influence. Or, or, but, or, or have I, natural I think, law. Or I have think, ethics. I, I, think that that would be ethics. I, I mean, I want to get into, I, I think that, well, I think the court was created basically as another check to make sure there was, there, in, in, it, neither, it, it didn't go in either direction. That yeah. there was never a, that, that the Constitution was created, there's no religious test. Mm -hmm. uh, but then again, we are now seeing Diane Feinstein's quote, quote no the dogma lives well within you, or whatever, shall yeah. Yeah. Which, which, which basically, you know, it, it's, it, there is still no religion, even, you know, you don't have to be a, an atheist to qualify to be in the court either, that's or, or to qualify to right. out of office either. But yeah. anyway, yes, we're getting too down. Yeah, yeah we, too we far take in. that rabbit pretty heavy. Uh, all right, but all right, but yeah, right. but it it does the the discussion here does go to that. There's no question about uh, where and and where Paul stands and where Paul is is pushing the Corinthians and where he's been doing throughout throughout both letters. I want to reemphasize something I think you yeah. said mm -hmm. earlier, Steve. And our author says this again: the weapons of of the world are anger, rage, mm -hmm. wrath, right, <laughs> yeah. threat. Manipulation, all of y'all said this, coercion, jealousy, power, money, lies, and even sex. And they use those as weapons against mm -hmm. the rest of the country, the rest of the people. And the followers of us, of, of Christ, pardon me, who are us, and all of you folks, you've accepted Christ or you want to follow Christ, we've been called to use love, kindness, service, sacrifice, humility, peace, faith, and truth mm -hmm. as our weapons, which Paul explains that at the first. And, uh, and of course, if, 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 if that doesn't work, then you may have to get angry. Well, right? that's yeah. the, the important thing is what you read, and that's maybe this is a good thing to get back to this. And you, you're, not, we're not, you're not going to persuade, you're not going to plant a flag in the culture by using those same tactics, yeah. by getting on the internet and screaming, by Good point. by by go, you know, by by making sound bites through through your own. I mean, in in many ways, sometimes to its detriment, Christians Christian institutions try to use marketing and manipulation, and it really doesn't work. <laughs> and and uh, well, and that's and, and, and I then, think that's a, that's a fallacy. Let, let's let, let, oh. let, can I. Well, it, it's a fallacy in the sense that Christians try to do it because we're trying to conform to the world. And as Kyle mm -hmm. said earlier, the wrong reason. Yeah, we're we're yeah. called, yes, yeah, okay. we're called to be yeah. not of the world, but be part of the, mm -hmm. you know, not part of the world, but not of the world. Yeah. And so, so often than not, churches get so caught up in the latest gimmick that they don't rely on mm -hmm. the gospel to spread the message. You know, yeah. we got to be gimmicky. We got to mm -hmm. have. A weight room, and we got to have a coffee bar, and we got to have Starbucks, and we got to have five different kinds of coffee. And if we have that, well, it'll increase our attendance. And then, you know, if we have this program or that program, versus <clears throat> focusing on people and the word. And I think mm -hmm. that, and, and that's what I mean by fallacy that they're mm -hmm. trying to approach from the, you know, they they want to adopt the world's marketing mm -hmm. schemes, and 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 as a consequence. Sometimes they ignore the gospel, and that's just nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Any any other thoughts? We're 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 getting close to the end of our time. Um, Guy, anything to wrap up over? 
You know, I think with just the last several um, lessons that we've done, it really comes down to being mindful of what you're saying, saying what you actually mean, and the delivery, and of course the reception. You know, as we were saying earlier, you know, these letters could have been read by somebody just giving their tone or their, you know, whatever into his letters. And so it was received improperly from the way it was intended or written. And so if you do get an email from somebody today that you think or feels more critical, then step back and try and read it in the way they actually meant to write it. Or, be smart about it, turn the stupid electronic thing off and call them. Of course, you, all right, that's kind of all right, I hear the problem with that because you need your stupid electronic thing to call them. But, you know, so many times I do try to step back um, <clears throat> and instead of writing or texting or something like that, ping them the phone because that personal touch can make all the difference and save a lot of hurt feelings. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately... He couldn't have called and said, by the way, guys, I'm not going to make it to Corinth this time. And he had to send a letter. And so that was just the way, the, the time and the way they had to do it then. Uh, I'm going to piggyback on that for a second, Kyle. No, thank you. Good. Is that okay? Will you yeah, do it? I'm done. Uh, folks, remember, and, 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 and Kyle and, and guys have been talking about this, uh, we really do fight a spiritual war. And the battle that Satan would have us believe, as Kyle said, and as we've stated, is that, that if somebody sends you an email or a text, you can easily turn it to be exactly opposite what it was meant. You can read tone into, into statements, you can read a certain tone into texts, and you can come up really angry when the person intended to make you laugh or a joke or... Uh, be friendly with you. So I do appreciate what you said, Kyle. It's absolutely true. So remember, our, our, our real battle under, underlying our, our commandment to, to exude love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and kindness for the Lord's sake is a spiritual war. And if Satan allowed, if allowed the opportunity to get in under your skin, he can get you to address situations in a manner contrary to what they should be as a Christian. Um, I'm just going. I'm going to kind of take it to a to a uh, leadership man moment. So, uh, Anthony Harrigan, president of the U.S. Business Industrial Council, said, "The role of character always has been the key factor in the rise and fall of nations, and one can be sure that America is no exception to this rule of history. We won't survive as a country because we are smarter, more sophisticated, but because we are, we hope, stronger inwardly. In short, character is the only effective bulwark." against internal and external forces that lead to a country's disintegration or collapse. And then John Maxwell, I'm getting from the uh, 21 Laws of Leadership, is talking about the law of solid ground. He says, to build trust, a leader has to exemplify competence, connection, and character. Character makes trust possible, and trust makes leadership possible. And that's one of his law, the law of solid ground. And, and I think with Paul, this is what Paul was trying to get at that it's all about, I've been to you, I've preached Christ, I've sent you letters to try to explain what I've done. Sure, I may have been more forceful in the letter than I intended, but this does kind of get you to 
another point. I think that kind of wraps up. You know, it, it's all about our character and how we fight our spiritual battles. Well, this has been podcast 90. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I guess almost a year and a half now, maybe can, more. Can I plug the next oh, lesson right plug? Here? Okay, yes, yes, yes we've, got, we've got one more <laughs> lesson in 2 Corinthians, and, and, and we hinted at it, but go right in. It's, it's got Mike excited right. here. So I wonder who's teaching the next <laughs> lesson. Yeah, yeah, the reason I bring that up is because Robert very explicitly referred, referred to Paul's situation explaining the as a thorn in the flesh, which is a, a, a illness or a trial or a yeah. test from God to keep him in line. And, and that, that's the only one reason mm-hmm. I wanted to mention that okay. was Robert went to it and made that particular statement. So folks, join us next week. I'm going to turn back over to Steve now, but join us next podcast. It's all about Paul's thorn mm-hmm. in the flesh. And, so, and, the, and, and that's a... That's a uh, That's uh, a great popular tease. <laughs> I, I can't say anything else other than other than if uh, the the past eighty nine podcasts are all on SoundCloud.com. Uh, stop by, check it out, subscribe. Uh, we uh, we have a new podcast every week. Uh, you can uh, visit our website www.manupspiritualoasis.com. Uh, there, our Twitter handle is very close to that, Man Up is Spiritual Oasis for Men. Uh, we're also on iTunes. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, and certainly, we hope uh, this continues uh, to uh, stimulate your own faith muscle and continues to grow your interest in the gospel. It does. Uh, we love doing it here every week. Uh, each of us are on our own individual spiritual journey, and we love sharing that with you. Uh, get yourself to church. Get yourself a Bible, one of the many translations we talked about uh, <laughs> earlier. Uh, and certainly be with us next time. Uh, for Robert, Michael, and Kyle, this is Steve Titch. You've been listening to Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.